church morning. It's uh, I'm so blessed to be up here this morning. I know uh, I know you're expecting to see Pastor Danny up here this morning, but you know how how what better way to uh, appreciate uh, our pastor by allowing him to take a break? Uh, you know, he's working all the time, so you know every now and again it, it's okay for him to sit there. This is not at all nerve-wracking with him staring straight at me up here. So I'm going to do my best up here. I'm not going to make any eye contact in that area, just, you know, just in case. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, he allowed me to be up here this morning. Uh, Pastor Daniels, later, thank you so much. It, uh, it means a lot, you know, so used to uh, opening it up on Sunday mornings or, you know, just it's, it's doing the little, the little things where I'm not having to be up here that entire time. Uh, but I'm blessed. You know, I, I know that God has a purpose for everything. And, and again, like I said, Pastor, we appreciate all that you do for this place. You know, you can see the, the people here, they, they can't wait to come shake your hand or for them just to, just for you to walk up to them and, and say, you know, I'm thankful for you being here. You know, church, we don't get that a whole lot in, in other places. We don't get the pastor himself or his wife come to you and, and shaking your hand or hugging your neck or just kind of seeing, you know, what kind of day you're having. But we're blessed to have a pastor that not only does that, but will call you if you're sick or go visit you at the hospital when, when uh, you know, when, when you have a serious issue and to stand right there with you the, the entire thing, it, it, it's amazing. And then you see his, his family you know, doing the exact same thing. So that, that speaks volumes of, of how God manifested in his life. So Pastor Danny, you know, from, from myself and my family, we, we thank you for, for all that you do and all that you've done just for us because you didn't have to. But God put it in you to want to do it. So we, we thank you. We thank you. Uh, this morning, uh, if, I, if I can get you all to just kind of open your Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians Chapter 5. I cheated and went ahead and had all these bookmarked already. Now, I, I, know, uh, I know we've all heard this, uh, this scripture before. It's uh, chapter 5 and starts at verse 17. And it starts like this. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not in putting their trespasses onto them and have committed and committed unto us the world of reconciliation. Now, then we are the ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteous of God in him. Have you bow your heads? Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Father God, for taking all of this from us. Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for consuming that cup, Father God, when you didn't have to. Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for, for this beautiful, wonderful day. Father God, I ask that your presence not only be here, Father God, but it saturate every single person in this room. That it saturate people, Father God, that are on stream watching. Father God, that your word, Lord Jesus, continue to do what it's supposed to do in this place, Father God. I'm just your vessel, Lord. I'm just here, Father God, doing what you're asking me to do, Lord. Father God, I'm ready, Father God. This church is ready, Lord Jesus, for the changes that you need us to make. So, Father God, I'm asking that you just continue to be here with us, Father God, and show us the way, Father God. Show us to the promised land that we need to be with you, Lord. And for taking that cup, Father God, for sweating that blood, Lord Jesus, for being crucified, Father God, for us, so that we can continue the work that you want us to do. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, church, again, uh, I'm, uh, I'm thankful uh, to be here this morning. You know, it's, uh, it's, a different, it's a different vibe here on a Sunday morning. You know, on a Wednesday or a Wednesday night or Sunday night, you're sitting in front of a camera or, you know, it's, 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 it's casual. But here on a Sunday morning, God is trying to get us out of our element. He's trying to show us something different. He's trying to teach us different things. The scripture talks about being a new creature, about being new. Church, when we, when we come to God, when we give ourselves to God, we have to understand and we have to believe with our whole heart that we're a new person. You're a new son. You're a new daughter. You're a new believer. You're, you're new. You're not, you're not the old person that you were because you're, you're finally giving it to him. You're saying, God, take this and change me to be who you want me to be. Because if not, then we're stuck in that same rut that we were in. You know, it, it's a big thing to say that, that we're a new creature because it's more than just that. Everything about us has to be new, inside and out. We have, to, we have to think different. We have to act different. We have to be different. Because if we're not going to be different from the world, then we're no better than they are. We're no different from them. You know, the whole point that we run to God is to show that, God, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, 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 I'm breaking, I'm falling apart, I'm, I'm being somebody that I shouldn't be. When we, when we ask God to come into us and change us, that means that, that going and getting drunk every weekend has to stop. That means cheating on your spouse or beating on your spouse has to stop. That means the, the things that you're used to, to doing, it has to stop. And you have to allow God to, to take those things away from you. And when he takes them away from you, we're not supposed to pick them back up. We give it to him fully, once and for all. God, I can't do this. You know, when, when, uh, when you give it to him, 
It's his. He doesn't want you to have it back. You know, when, when we say, God, I want to be new. I have to be new. My family needs a new, a, a new father. My family needs a new mother. My church needs to see somebody different. My pastor has to see that I'm not just, I just don't want to come here. I want to be that new growth that you promised me that I would have. Because see, church, we're all seeds. We're seeds ready to be planted somewhere. The title of my, of my sermon was called New Growth because that's exactly who we are. That's what we become when we give everything to God. We're that new growth that this world needs to see. We're that new growth that our family has to have us to be. We're that new growth that God promised us that we would be. A few, a few months ago, a couple months ago, uh, Miss Layla had, had come up, and it was right after praise and worship, and she had talked about a dream that she had, something that God had put into her, saying that the dream that she had, that there was this, this, this black darkness all around, that it was everywhere she looked, that that's where it was. But off in the distance, off in the distance, there was something growing out from that darkness. You know, God administered to her to, to minister to somebody here uh, about, about her dream, and she was talking to them. But at the same time, God was ministering to me, saying that that darkness, that that barren land is what this world is. This world is ready to consume everything that it can. That that darkness that's there is ready to destroy everything that God has put into place. You know, church, we have to have the sunlight. You know, it, it's been all over science that, you know, if we don't have sun for a couple days, that we start to feel mopey and that, you know, we start to lose things. And that's what the world is trying to do is, is it's trying to block out that light that God has for us. That is ready to just consume everything about it. You know, with, without the sun, we have no plants, we have no trees, we have no animals, and there's no us. We have the strength to do nothing. But when that sun comes down and that sun is shining down, those plants are growing. Those animals are moving around. We feel better because we feel that warmth. We feel all of that, that greatness on our faces. And church, that's what God is trying to be for us. He's trying to be that light, that warmth, that thing that we need, that food that we need in this barren land. The darkness will consume everything that it can if you give it a chance to. But when you allow that light to come shining down, when you allow that light to shine upon you, not only will you grow, you will become stronger than you ever felt before. You're going to become that new growth, that new person that God said that you're going to be. You're going to be a completely different person because God has given you everything he needs just from that little piece of light coming out of that darkness. You know, in farmlands, they, they till the ground, they, they, they take out all of the, the weeds and the rocks and all of this stuff, and they start planting things. Well, that's what God is trying to do for us. He's planting us in different areas of our life, in different places of the world. It's, you're not there by coincidence. 
if you were saved by God, if you were given everything to God and you were placed in the place, it's not by coincidence. Church, you're there for a reason and for a purpose. He's trying to show you that he's about to allow you to grow into something great and spectacular. That he's about to show you that you are about to turn into something strong and powerful. That you are about to be something great. But you have to be ready and willing to take it. You know, church, I, there's a, a man that I, I'm about to talk about that, that Pastor Danny says that this is the one man that he wants to meet when he goes to heaven. That this man was, was so great that he was able to do so much and that, that when, when Pastor Danny gets to heaven, he wants to shake his hand, hug his neck. That man is Moses. Church, Moses was a great man. He is a great man. To do everything that he did. But there's always one part about Moses that people forget. And that's the darkness part of his life. See, from the word go, Moses already had a call in his life because when he was put into that little wicker basket and floated down the river. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all have gone down a river, but a river is not just like a little stream where you just kind of float off. It was a baby put in a wicker basket to float down a river. And nothing happened to him. Not only did nothing happen to him, but when Moses was found, he was found by a family member to help raise him. So he was still part of his family. God had everything planned out just for him. That takes a strategic hand from God to say, this is how I want it to play out. But as Moses started to get older, realizing I, I don't belong here, this isn't this isn't. This isn't my family. So then he wanders off. And this is the darkness apart about uh, Moses that people forget about. When he wanders off and he sees somebody getting beat, just beat down, he jumps in the middle and says, not on my watch. So not only does he break up the fight, the darkness right here is he kills this man. That's the part that people forget about Moses. We know about the baby and we know about the, the commandments. We know all about this stuff, but we forget about that part right there because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to forget about the bad things that he's done, but he can't. He killed a man. And in return, he's like we do. We try to hide our mistake. We do everything we can to try to go behind the scenes to try to hide what we've done wrong. So Moses tried to do the same thing. He tried to hide him. He tried to bury this man. Tries to go off like nothing else, like just exactly like we do. Like nothing happened. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, great day. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. No, deep back inside, you're like, man, what did I just do? How did I get myself into this? How do I get myself out of this? So Moses goes back the next day. Sees another fight, and he's like, all right, this time I'm going to be good. I'm just going to try to stop it. So as he tries to stop it, then they confront him. said, what are you going to do? You're going to kill us too? He's like, oh, they've seen me. Church, we can't hide from some of the mistakes that we've made. There's people around going to always remind you about the mistakes that you made. There's people there that are going to make sure that you know about the mistake that you made, even though you, didn't, you weren't trying to do it. That's that darkness trying to bring you down. That's the world trying to say that, oh, you ain't who you say you are. 
So Moses leaves. He has to hide. He has to go. Because now that he knows that he's not part of Pharaoh's bloodline, the same thing that would happen to anybody else that committed murder is the same thing that's going to happen to him in prison and death. So he has no choice but to flee. So he leaves like we do. Church, when we, we say we're about something and we leave, we go, and then we just forget about everything. We become somebody completely different, somebody different than what God intended us to be. We're at the club, we're, uh, we're, at, uh, uh, we're at work, we're, we're just like everybody else. We're trying to blend in. And that's what Moses was trying to do. Moses was trying to blend in. And he did for a little while. But church, we're not the type of people that can just blend in with everybody else. Church, we can't just be like everybody else because God is planting something in us already. Moses sat around and, and tried to hide until one day, one day, God had finally had enough of his people being hurt and killed and belittled. God heard the moanings and groanings of his people under Pharaoh's watch, and God could take it no more. He said, I'm done. I'm done. My children need me more now than ever. My children have to be set free. They can't continue to live like this. Their children and their children's children cannot see all this destruction that's going on. So that man that had darkness in his life, God used him. God didn't care what he did. God cared what he, where his heart was and what he was about to do. God already knows what we're going to do tomorrow, next week, next year. So God knew already exactly that Moses was ready for this. So he allowed Moses to see the burning bush. He spoke to Moses with his words so Moses could be there for his children to change things. You see, church, even though Moses had that darkness in him, he was still a seed. God was still feeding him. God was still doing things for him. He was that new growth that the Israelites needed. He was that new thing that Pharaoh had to see that God was not going to be faced by anything. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know about Moses, but I'm not for myself. If I'm talking to God and he's talking to me, the things that are going through my head, I'm wondering, God, why are you going to use me? You know what I did years ago. God, you know that I took a man's life and then I ran and hid. But what Moses didn't realize is that he was also survived on that Nile River. What Moses didn't understand is even though he fled, God was still giving him things that he needed. Because God was still ready to use him for everything that he needed him to do to set his people go. You see, church, we need to be like Moses and say, you know what, God, I know what I did. But if you're forgiving me for what I've done, then I know that I can move forward. 
God, with you standing behind me and, and, and giving me the strength, I know that I can do a lot more than just stand here or just pray here or just cry here or just sing here. God, I can do so much more with your authority. God, because of you, I can stand in front of everybody and say, I am somebody important. I am somebody special. And I'm here to do what you need me to do. Not only did he use Moses, but Moses is the only one that got to see God in his form. Now, he may not get to see his face or anything else. He got to see the, the, the back end of God. But that's how great and wonderful God is. He did what he did, but God loved him so much that he allowed him to see that goodness. That he got to experience what it was like to have that glow that God was ready to give him. That he was ready to do a whole lot more. And carry these people out of that, that darkness that they were in. Because they worked twofold. God took the people out of the darkness... And he took Moses out of the darkness. You see, church, it doesn't matter what the world wants you to see it as. What matters is what God wants you to see it as. Regardless, we're his children. Regardless, he loves you no matter what. And regardless, he's ready to forgive everything, everything that you may have done. He's ready to forgive you because he's ready to plant you somewhere. He wants you to see that new growth that you're about to turn into. You know, the great thing about uh, uh, farmers and, and everybody is when they plant something, they know exactly what they're planting. If they're planting corn, they're going to get corn. If they plant uh, 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 um uh, green beans, they're going to get green beans. If they plant strawberries, they're going to get strawberries. If they're planting trees, they know exactly what kind of tree that it's going to be. But the great thing about God is, is he's planting you, and you don't know what you're going to come out as, but God knows what you're going to come out as. You may be planted as this little shriveled up small baby mustard seed or whatever it is. But when God turns around, you're going to become that mountain. You're going to become that wall. You're going to become something great that nothing can get through. You're going to become something so special that you're like, I didn't think I had that in me. But God knew he had that in you. God planted that in you. God molded that into you. So quit trying to look at what you think you're going to be. And allow God to move the way that he should. Because church, that's all we are. He is the one molding and tilling and, and watering and feeding and doing all of this stuff. And we're just here ready to take it all in. We're ready for God to, to give us the light, to give us the water, to give us the food, the nutrients that our body needs, that our spirit needs. And then you're going to see a completely different person. You know, church, some of us have grown up in different parts of the world, different parts of, 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 uh, of, of Dallas or other states. We grew up in areas where we never thought we'd um, uh, do anything. And your friends see you now and they're like, man, you, you are completely different. When I went to the military, I had hair down to my shoulders. I, 
big old fat mustache, stream bean looking dude. I mean, I was a mess. I can say that because I was. But then when I got out of the military and I got home and those same guys that dropped me off were ready to pick me up, they had no idea who I was and I was standing right next to them. Hair was gone, still gone. Uh, mustache was gone, looking like Hitler. I mean, I put on a, a, a few pounds because that's, you know, that's what they do. But I was a completely different person from when they dropped me off to when they picked me up. My own family didn't even recognize me because they're like, well, who's this guy? Why are he at my house? It wasn't until they seen the uniform and then they realized, oh, that's my son. Church is the same thing. That's why I said that when we become a new creature, we have to be a new person. We have to be different. They can't recognize the old you. They have to recognize the new you. They have to see that you are completely different from back then. That the, the things that you were saying or the things that you were doing are gone. The things that you're saying or doing now is what's going to help them get to where they need to get to. Church, we all have family members or we have friends that, that, need, that need that touch of God. That you know what's there because you've seen it because they, they've asked a question or they, they called you because they, they were in some trouble. Or they, they looked at you a little bit different like that. That look that they give you. Church, that's God moving in them. Speaking to them. Now it's up to you to bring them the rest of the way home. Because if God can make you that new growth, he can make them that new growth as well. If God can change who you were, he can change who they are as well. So we need to quit frowning and looking bad like... God, you ain't going to use me. I ain't no good. I ain't nobody. I have done nothing. You're right. You ain't done nothing yet, but you're about to do something now. God said he didn't, make, he didn't make you to be nobody. He made you to be somebody. That he's going to turn your life around, but you got to be ready to give it to him. If he could do it for Moses at his darkest time, and he can do it for us. Church, there is, a, there is a group of men. There's a group of men that I can't wait to meet when I get to heaven. Three men that their faith was so, so strong that they didn't care what happened to them. That, uh, uh, you know, the gentleman, you, and I know you've heard the story. You, you know, you've heard it in kindergarten, I mean, uh, in Sunday school, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego These men's faith was so strong that they weren't allowing anybody or anything get in the way of their walk with God. It was so strong that when King Nebuchadnezzar says, you're going to worship, everybody's going to worship this golden statue. That this thing is what you're going to see. This thing right here is what you're going to pray to. This thing is you're going to think every day. These men said, no, that's not, that's not a God. That ain't nothing. There's only one God. There's only one true God. One. And that ain't it. That right there, that's just, that's just gold. That's, that's nothing. King never, king, uh, the king said, no, no, this is happening. And they said, no. In front of him, they said, no. A man that has the power to do anything he wants, that's the church, uh, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the world church. 
the power to do anything that they want, they're going to tell you how to act. They're going to tell you where to pray. They're going to tell you when you can pray. It's already like that in the schools. It's already like that in some of your offices. If they see something, you're, you're in HR and you're done. But God said that's not how it works in my world. These men stood there and they stood firm in their belief. They stood firm in what God had done for them. And they said, you can do what you want. That's fine. But I'm not going to praise that thing. I'm going to praise my God. So as King Nebuchadnezzar got that furnace all fiery and hot and people were dying left and right just trying to put these men in, nothing happened to them. Their faith was so strong. They didn't, they didn't know what was going to happen. If they died, they died, but they knew they were going to die for something. They knew that their, their faith was there for something. It wasn't just talk. It was firm on God's ground. So as again, as people were dying, they were in there. Not only were they in there, but there was an angel in there with them. Not only was an angel with them in there, as people were burning up, not one bead of sweat was coming down their forehead. Not one thing was singed on their clothes. They didn't even smell like smoke. That's how powerful God is. He did not allow anything, anything to happen to them. And as King Nebuchadnezzar was looking, he's, he's in there. He's like, yo, how many guys we put in there? He said, three. Well, if there's three, then why is there four in there? Why are they just walking around? Why aren't they dying? Why isn't anything happening to them? Church, they were that new growth that that king needed to see. They were that new growth that that kingdom needed to see. Because not only did they stand firm, but they changed this man's mind and said that this statue is nothing anymore. This statue means nothing because it's just, it's just metal. It's just precious gold. Your God... Your God is what's important. Your God is, is what it's about. My God is nothing. So from this day forward, he changed the laws of the land. That this, this golden statue was no longer going to be praised to. God was going to be praised to. God was going to be the one that, that we run to and that, that we cry on to and that we worship for. God is the true God that can change anything. He saved these men's lives. Why? To show everybody how great he is. And church, can you imagine being in a furnace that's burning people up and nothing happening to you? Not even, not even your hair shriveling all up because of the heat. They walked the way, the way they walked in, they walked out the exact same way, but even better. They walked out even better because they were showing everybody how great God is and what he's ready and willing to do for you. That he's ready to protect you no matter what. That he's going to keep you from the flames. That he's going to keep you from the destruction. That he's going to keep you from all of this stuff that's going on. That that barren land, that that darkness that's ready to consume you, that he's going to stand out and shine that light upon you so you're going to be that different person. So that you know that God is right in front of you. So the people around you know that God is all around you. 
And that's all we have to worry about. You know, I, I, I liked the Disciples Church because Pastor, my Pastor Jenny was talking about this morning is the disciples were supposed to be Jesus' right-hand men. Men. There's 12 of them. That they were supposed to be there everywhere. But they couldn't, they couldn't even stay awake when Jesus was praying. That they fell asleep. That they, they were tired. That they, they just couldn't go on anymore. Jesus was trying to show them that they were supposed to be that new growth that this world needs. And it was going to start with them. Jesus took them everywhere. They slept, in the, they slept in the same area. They ate together. They seen the miracles. They've seen it all. And God, I mean, Jesus was just trying to show them that they could do the same. They were there for the, the feeding of the 5,000. They were there for the calm of the storm. They were there for all of these miracles, but yet they couldn't see with their fleshly eyes. They couldn't get past what, what was, was, was on this skin. Jesus was already working spiritually. Jesus was already doing what he was supposed to do, but he was trying to get these men to do the exact same thing. And they couldn't get, they didn't understand, they didn't, they didn't put two and two together. In, uh, in Mark, Mark 3, Jesus was telling the disciples, it was written that this is what was supposed to happen. And he goeth up into a mountain and called unto, and called unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they, should, that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. You see, church, he was trying to get them ready. He was trying to prep them. He was trying to open their eyes. God knew what had, had to happen. Jesus already knew what was going to happen to him, but he needed somebody else to go out there and preach the exact same thing that he was preaching. He needed somebody to go out there and do the healing that he was doing. He needed somebody to go out there to cast out the devils that he was doing. He needed their faith to be where his faith was. But they couldn't get it. They were stuck. They had no idea where they were supposed to go, what they were supposed to do. They knew they were supposed to walk with Jesus and try to protect Jesus. But that's not what he needed. He didn't need protection. He already had protection. He had God on his side. He didn't need anybody to, to, to fight for him. God was going to do all that for him. He needed somebody to learn. He needed to teach these men on what to do. It wasn't until, it wasn't until Jesus' crucifixion that they finally got it. It wasn't until he told them what they were going to do after the resurrection till they understood what was going to happen. But that's what it took. 
In Mark 16, verse 15, and these are the words from Jesus. It said, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth, uh, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And all these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he, he was received up into heaven, and he sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with the signs following them. You see, church, he sent them to go and do exactly what he was doing. He told them with his mouth exactly what they were doing. And that then they believed that they could do it. When they seen him return back from the grave, they know that he could do it. That they could go and do exactly what needed to be done. That they too could cast out devils. Well, church, I'm here to tell you, they're not the only disciples in the Bible. There's disciples in this place here today, too. Because I'm going to tell you, if they can go ahead and cast out devils, and then they can speak in tongues, and they can do all these things, you can do the exact same thing, too. You see, church, they went out and they did the work of God. Things happened to them. And look what they changed. Look what Moses changed when he went and allowed to be that new growth. Look at all the people that he changed. And he was one person. Church, can you imagine what we could change if we all came together and said, you know what, we're going to change the things around us. We're going to be that different person around us. We're going to change the way our family looks at things. We're going to change the way that our, our, our friends look at us. We're going to be that new person, that new creature. We're going to be that new growth that God needs us to be. There are so many of us in here that are ready and willing to change anything in here. But what about out there, church? What are you ready to change out there? And I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna know, I know how Jesus and God is real because there was a couple of men in here not too long ago that declared the testimony of their life about what happened. And you can see the change in their face. You can see the change in their actions. You can see the change in how they talk and who they are. They're not afraid or, or, or ashamed to say that God saved them. They're not ashamed to say that God changed them. They're not ashamed to say that, that God moved in my life. They're here to show you the greatness of God. They're not ashamed to tell you what, what, what they did. Ask them. Ask them, I dare you. But some of you won't because you don't want to see what God can do for you. God is ready to use us all. God is ready to change us all. God is ready to make some changes in this place Church, last week we, we, we all seen what happened in that, in that Mansfield High School. Church, we seen what, what happened to this pandemic that's been going on. 
church, we seen that, that snowstorm that we had that we weren't ready for. But God said, you don't have to not be ready anymore. I'm going to give you the things to be ready. I'm going to give you the tools so that you're never by yourself. I'm going to show you how to change the things around you. I'm going to give you the things that you need to be that different person. We don't have to worry about a pandemic coming and destroying what God has put in your life already. We don't have to live in fear about wondering if somebody's going to come and get us from behind. God has you. God will protect you. I'm not saying that you're not going to be sick. I'm not, going to, I'm not saying that something that, that a situation is going to come at you, but you're going to be ready for that situation. You're going to be ready for that sickness because you already know who to call when you're sick. When you're running into an issue, you know who to run to. And then God is going to start sending his people to you. And then God's going to start showing you and giving you visions of where you're supposed to go and how you're supposed to pray and how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to, the direction you're supposed to go and who you're supposed to go to. So quit running to, uh, to Facebook and, and putting your problems on here. Quit running to your neighbor and say, how am I going to do this? Quit yelling at your spouse and say, how are we going to figure this out? God is how you're going to figure it out, church. Facebook ain't going to do nothing for you. God is going to do something for you. Facebook's going to mess up your life, I'm going to tell you right now. Because you're going to have thousands of people chiming in saying, oh, you should have done this. Oh, I can't believe you took that. Oh, why would you? No. God, thank you. God, thank you for that. Men, your fathers, your husbands, you're a priest in your house. Act like it. Women, your mothers, hold your children, hug your husbands. Because that's what God needs us to do. That's what he needs you to do. We all have bad days. We all have things coming up. But God gave us a family. He gave us people in our lives for a reason. So that we could all move together in the same direction. So church, if we decided that one day that all this whole church can move in the same direction, can you imagine the trembles that would come from this place? Can you imagine the changes that this state would make? Can you imagine what would happen for the people around us? It's time for us to be that new growth everywhere we go. It's time for us to be the different person that we're supposed to be. The old you is gone. The Bible's already said it. Old you is out of here. It's history. The new you is coming into this place. The new you is going to stand firm and declare how great God is and what he is ready to do for you and only you because your blessing is your blessing it's not your spouse, it's not your neighbors it's not your friends, it's yours nobody can take away from you what God has given you because God's not so as I close church, as I close 
ask God to take it from you once and for all. Ask God to, to fill you with his goodness, his mercy, his greatness, and show you what it means to be a new creature, a new form, a new husband, a new wife, a new, a new child. And be ready. Stand firm on what he's showing you. These things are nothing. I don't care what new, new, uh, what new technology is coming out. They don't stand a chance to what God can do for you. These things aren't going to save you. These laptops, these computers, this Wi-Fi, that's not going to save you. God is going to save you. He's going to show you what it takes. So church, if you're ready for that new growth, if you're ready for that change, if you're ready to finally let it go, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Now you can either come to the altar or you can uh, hug the person next to you. But allow God to take it all from you once and for all. Say, God, I'm, 